The comic, Blunt Man and Chronic, is based on real-life stoners Jay and Silent Bob. So when they get no profit from a big-screen adaptation, they set out to wreck the movie. This is Ryan. And this is Ashley. And this is Ruining Ruining Our Our Childhood, a nostalgic weekly podcast where a married couple rewatches and reviews our favorite 90s and 2000s movies to decide if they hold up to our adult standards. That's right. And I'm Ashley. And I'm Ryan. In case you didn't know. Yeah. If this is your first time, hi. Welcome. Hello. How are you? Great. Er. I was talking to the listener. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm glad you answered it. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, guys. It's another week of ruining our childhood. And another poll winner. Yeah. Yeah. We're almost done. I know. And then we get to do it all over again. It'll be fun. So, of course, this week's winner is the 2001 classic Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. And I can't believe it made it to the final four. I'm very surprised it made it this far. Yeah. I thought this was going to be a week one winner. winner. And I want to say it lost to like three ninjas or something. At one point. Yeah. I think so. Which is mind boggling. Yeah. I wasn't surprised that it lost to Dogma because I, I mean, we talked about it on the Dogma episode. I've always been a bigger fan of that movie, but mm-hmm. I thought eventually it was going to win. And, yeah. I mean, it finally did, but just barely. It beat out a Pauly Shore movie. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you would call that a win. <laughs> Kevin Smith does not call it a win. Probably not. No. So, 2001. Mm-hmm. Great year. 20 years ago. I don't know that many would call 2001 a great year, by the way. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't mind it. It just had a real bad tragedy happen in that year. <laughs> I was thinking of when this movie came out. Yeah. Which was before that. Yes. Like a did. month before. So, yeah. There, Ryan. I'm thinking of pre-horrible things happening. I would have been going into my junior year. Just started my junior year. I was going to be a sophomore Mm. in high school. So why don't we head down memory road and hit me with some 2001 facts. Okay. This movie was released on August 24th of 2001. It had a budget of $22 million and it made $33.8 million. Uh, Popular TV shows from 2001 were Friends, CSI, and ER. The number one song the week the movie came out was Alicia Keys' Fallen. And a couple other popular songs were Destiny's Child, Bootylicious, and, ooh, this is a good one, Crazy Town, Butterfly. Yeah. I do remember Destiny's Child, that CD coming out that summer, because I was in California with my aunt for... A month and a half of the summer. Mm-hmm. And that's why I like that year. Ryan. <laughs> Did you listen to that? Yeah. Religiously. Was I, that Survivor? Yes. Oh, yeah. I only listened to that CD for the whole time I was on I just trip. remember that song because it sampled Fleetwood Mac. Yes. Or no, was it Stevie Nicks that samples? It's Stevie Nicks. Stevie yeah. Nicks. Um, and I'll say that again. Stevie Nicks. Because I said Stevie Nick. <laughs> Just one Nick. Just just one Nick. Some popular movies from 2001 were Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, and Shrek. Nice. 
a good year for cinema. <laughs> Some epic tales. Because also, looking a little bit further down the list, Monsters, Inc., uh, Pearl Harbor, Ocean's Eleven, Jurassic Park 3. Would Some would say, say the better Jurassic Park. I don't know if anybody would ever say that. No. But uh, nice try. Yeah. Nice try. So, what is your earliest memory from this film? I definitely saw it in theaters. I liked it enough that I bought it on DVD. Mm-hmm. But until you read the log line of this movie, I don't know I could if I could tell you what the plot was. Yeah, I was trying to remember earlier this morning without looking it up. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, I know they're they're on a journey. Yeah. But I can't remember the reason they're on the journey. Oh. So. It all makes sense now. Yeah, there's parts of the movie that I remember that it is centered around kind of like Hollywood and making movies. So yeah. that makes sense. No, it all makes sense now. Yeah. I can kind of place it a little bit better. Yeah. Because there's times where I kind of mush a lot of Kevin Smith's movies together. And I'm like, what? That happened in this film. Nope, it happened in Dogma. Or, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be interesting. I'm wondering if there's parts that I'm going to think happened in this movie and they really did happen in Dogma. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Or yeah. Mallrats. Or, yeah. He uses a lot of the same actors, so that probably doesn't help. Yeah. That's a good point. Did you see it in theaters? I did not. You did not. I believe my brother did with his friends, but I could be wrong. I just know that because my brother was a really big fan of like Mallrats and Dogma mm-hmm. and Clerks that we did watch this movie together when we rented it. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't remember it like liking it as much as I did Dogma and Mallrats. That's something I remember from it. And I don't know if it's because for any specific reason, I just know it wasn't as memorable for me personally. Yeah. That's not a personal attack on anybody that loves this movie, though. We're all entitled to our own opinions. I feel like this one was a little bit lighter of a movie compared to, like, Dogma. Mm -hmm. So I agree with you on liking some of his other films more than this one. Yeah. Like I said, I do remember buying it probably, like, the day it came out. Like, Jan Silent Bob's coming out. I gotta go buy it. I didn't care that much about, you know, having to get it right away, but this definitely was one of your picks, huh? Because Dogma was my pick. It was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think I've only seen this movie once, to be honest with you. I think I've maybe seen it two or three times. Okay. Okay. It was one of those, I gotta run by it, but I'm only gonna watch it one time and then never think about it again. (laughs) Apparently. So, do you think this film is gonna hold up? I'm gonna say yes. However, I do think from having rewatched Dogma that Jay can be a very questionable character (laughs) yeah so i think there's going to be some cringiness to it for sure but i'm expecting it to hold up and there's going to be a crap ton of well hello there's oh for sure yeah i can already tell i've kind of spoiled it for myself by just the poster of the movie but it is quite a few people from dogma so it's not much of a surprise yeah i'm gonna disagree with you i'm gonna say it's not going to hold up and i think it's I can't remember. Did we say Dogma held up? I'm pretty sure we said Dogma held up, but I think we both thought it wasn't going to hold up. Yeah. If I remember correctly. Yeah. I don't think it's going to hold up, and I think it's going to have everything to do with Jason Mewes. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel so bad because I like Jason. Yeah. 
and I like, you know, the character of Jay. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I just don't see his character being any different than it is in any of the other movies where he's a character. So I will say there has been movies we have watched and I'll say, you know, it's going to hold up. And then when we watch it, it doesn't hold up. And I'm legit surprised. Yeah. This will not be one of those cases. Yeah. If it does not hold up, I will not be the least bit surprised. Right. It's yeah. just it's just the type of comedy it is. It's the time that it came out. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's going to be a lot of stuff going against it. But I'm hoping that I'm still going to enjoy it. And there's going to be a lot of laughs that I can enjoy without feeling like a bad person. <laughs> because that's all this world is is like can i laugh without feeling like a bad person (laughs) touche where can you stream this you can actually stream this on hbo max okay if you have hbo max it is currently on there so it looks like you might be able to rent it or buy it on the various platforms so it exists it's not like dogma (laughs) because i do remember specifically dogma not being on anything but luckily we had a copy Mm -hmm. it wasn't an airhead situation no so yeah all right all right you ready to hit that pausey pause yeah let's hit that pausey pause and go watch jay and silent bob strike back i had to look (laughs) (laughs) like Uh, what's the name of this is it jay and silent bob return of the jedi (laughs) no okay no Mm -mm. all right okay bye all right bye Okay, and we're back. We just finished watching Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, and we're going to go ahead and break down our movie with our categories. Like we always do. And our first category is, well, hello there. Well, hello there. Where we talk about any cameos of famous or recognizable actors or actresses that we forgot were in the movie, and holy crap, there was a lot. I knew there was going to be a lot. I just forgot how many there were that I didn't remember. Yes, so let's get started. <laughs> Who was the first one that you noticed? So the first person I noticed was Ever Carradine. She mm-hmm. plays Jay's mom. Mm-hmm. It was a very brief beginning of the movie, kind of like an introduction to this is how Jay and Silent Bob met as babies. And she is been in a bunch of stuff since uh, this movie came out, but she was in The Runaway. She played one of the parents. I want to say, I can't remember the kid's name that had like the power arms. He was like the rich okay. white kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And she was in the hand, Hands Maiden's Tale. Mm-hmm. Hand Maiden. I put Hands Maiden's Tale. Hands Maiden's Tale. Uh, but also I realized she's Robert Carradine's daughter. Okay. I mean, I heard, I saw the name and I was like, eh, maybe she just has the same name. Yeah. But yeah. Some people do that. Yeah. <laughs> It's weird. My first one, I'll just put them together. That's Jason Mewes and Kevin Smith. Yes. And they are Jay and Silent Bob. If you didn't know, now you know. There you go. (laughs) The next person is Jason Lee. So he plays two characters. Mm -hmm. He plays Brody Bruce and Banky Edwards. Yes. And they're both Brody's from Mallrats. Banky is from Chasing Amy. So it's very meta in the kevin smith world mm-hmm. so uh you know jason lee from those movies yeah and dogma uh, my name is earl i don't know if i looked up what he is doing now the most recent thing that i that jumped out at me was the elvin and the chipmunks movies yeah that's yeah. true i love jason lee though yeah same 
my next one was Benjamin Affleck. Yes. Uh, we know him from a bunch of things. He played Holden McNeil and then also played himself mm-hmm. on the set of Goodwill Hunting 2. <laughs> yeah. Ben Affleck, we know from Argo and Goodwill Hunting, Batman, a bunch of things. Justice League. He's going to be in the Flash movie. Yeah. He's producing a lot of stuff, which I will say he's not the only person that I w- that I looked up in today and I was like, man, they're they're like almost producing more stuff than they're acting in now because they've reached that level of their career. Yeah. Where they're like, I can spend my money on other people now. I don't have to like take all these shitty films. I don't have to make reindeer games too. <laughs> uh, they get really meta in this movie. Yes, they do. Which I do enjoy. So. Yeah. My next one is George Carlin mm-hmm. as a hitchhiker, mm-hmm. and he's George Carlin. There's not much to say about him. Yeah. He was in Dogma. He played the priest. Yeah. Cardinal Glitch. Yeah. I think. Gl- Glick? Glick? Yeah. Something like that. I can't remember. It yeah. was months ago that we it watched is. it, right? Yeah. My next one was Carrie Fisher. Mm-hmm. She plays a nun who picks up Jay and Silent Bob when they're hitchhiking, and... Again, she's Carrie Fisher. She right. was Princess Leia, and she unfortunately passed away a few years ago. Yeah. Um, the next person is Shannon Elizabeth mm-hmm. as a justice, mm-hmm. or as some of her friends say, Jesse. Yeah. It sounds like they're saying Jesse, but it's Jesse. I felt like I was watching Parent Trap with <laughs> Chessie or Ch- Jesse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, Shannon Elizabeth is from American Pie, and... More recently, did the Jay and Silent Bob reboot, which yeah. we haven't watched. Yeah, I, I pulled up her IMDb and not much was jumping out to yeah. me. My next one is Allie Larder. She plays Chrissy, mm-hmm. who is in Shannon Elizabeth's group. Yeah, their um, gang. Their little gang, yeah. Uh, she was in Varsity Blues, Heroes, and more recently has been on The Rookie with Nathan Fillion. Nathan Fillion. Yeah. I'm just, just thinking of Big Mouth. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we started watching that. Yeah. It's a good show. It's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Next one is Eliza Dushku mm-hmm. as Sissy, another one of the gang members, the jewel thieves. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know Eliza Dushku from Bring It On. And she also voiced uh, She Hulk in The Hulk and the Agents of Smash. But she hasn't acted in the last couple of years, which is. Had her to my list of people I didn't realize haven't been anything in the last three years, but I totally thought she has been acting. She was on that show Bull. Yeah, there was and, a whole thing there. Yeah, and she got a lot of money from CBS. So she just took some time off. I did like look her Instagram up, and she had a baby like last year or 2019. Okay. So maybe you know. Is she still with Rick Fox? No. Oh. Okay. She's married to somebody else. Oh. Yeah. I did notice, I looked up the fourth person in that little gang. Yeah. And that is Kevin Smith's wife. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. I also saw that his uh, daughter played the baby version of him as well, Harley Quinn. I did not know that. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. Okay. My next one was Sean William Scott, mm-hmm. who plays Brent, who is the patsy that is hanging out with them. Yeah. Because they're... Acting like they're going to go free animals, but really they want to go steal a diamond. Yeah, it's a front. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Sean William Scott was uh, obviously in American Pie and more recently was on the Lethal Weapon TV show. Yes. Uh, my next one is Will Ferrell. Mm-hmm. He plays the federal wildlife marshal, Willenholy. Mm-hmm. 
Some of his most notable roles are Old School, Elf. Anchorman. He's, yeah, I, I didn't write them down because like he's Will Ferrell. I can name him at the top of my head, but then the minute I try to, I can't. Um, he's been producing a lot lately, mm-hmm. another one, because he's produced uh, TV shows like Dead to Me okay. with Christina Applegate. Mm-hmm. and Linda Cardellini? Yes. Why can't I remember her name? I don't know. I love her as an actress. Um, and he has a TV series coming out this year. Starring him? Yeah, it looks like it. Oh, nice. It's like a sh- something about a shrink. I don't know. Oh, okay. I don't know what, what it's going to be on. We didn't this- do a lot of research. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, my next one was Jon Stewart. Mm-hmm. He plays Reg Hardner, who is a news anchor. And obviously we know Jon Stewart from The Daily Show. And the only movie I can really think of that he was in was Big Daddy. Yeah. Yeah. And he's directed movies. Yeah. Uh, Rosewater. Is he going to do another show? He was supposed to do something for HBO Max, but I don't know if that like fell through. Oh, because of COVID and stuff. Yeah. My next one is Judd Nelson. Mm-hmm. He plays the sheriff uh, when they're at the diner with uh, the monkey that they stole. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Judd Nelson from The Breakfast Club. Yeah. That's all you need to know. Yeah. Don't further look into his career. No. It probably wasn't even that great. He's uh, been on that show Empire. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't look. I looked. I was like, Breakfast Club. Yeah. That's it. Ben That's all you need. My next one was Tracy Morgan. He plays Pumpkin Escobar, a crack salesman. <laughs> sure. He was on Saturday Night Live and 30 Rock. And he's going to be in the Coming to America. Oh, very nice. Sequel. Coming soon. Coming to, like, number two, America. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> number two. Yeah, I had my fingers out. Okay. My next one is D- Dietrich Bader. I always have, I'm like, am I saying his name right? Mm-hmm. Every single time he's, Bader. he's in a movie, mm-hmm. which he's been in quite a few that we've watched for the podcast. You know him from The Drew Carey Show, Office Space, whatever movies I just said we watched. Eurotrip? Yeah. Euro, he was in Eurotrip, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's just a funny dude. Yeah. And he's been on Space Force more recently yeah. with Steve Carell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I remember that from when we watched Eurotrip. You mentioned that. Yeah. My next one is Steve Kometko and Jules Asner, who play themselves as the hosts of E! News. Yeah. I did not remember him, but I remembered her. I remember Jules Asner from like that show Wild On. Do you know how old he is? How old? 67 years old. Damn. Yeah. I guess this movie is 20 years old. Mm-hmm. I did want to mention, because you, you didn't, uh, Jeff Anderson and Brian, Brian O'Halloran. Mm-hmm. They play their characters that they literally almost play in every single Kevin Smith movie. Randall and Dante, most notably Clerks and Clerks 2, and coming up, they're making Clerks 3. Very nice. Yeah. I don't think I knew they were making Clerks 3. Yeah. Nice. Uh, my next one is Joey Lauren Adams. Mm-hmm. She plays Alyssa Jones, and she's just one of the moviegoers who's leaving the premiere of Blunt Man and Chronic. And I looked her up. She more recently was on a TV show called Still the King that starred Billy Ray Cyrus. Oh. Like it was okay. like five years ago. Interesting. Yeah. Obviously Chasing Amy. Yeah. Chasing we always Amy. like to point out one episode of Veronica Mars. Mm-hmm. Second Noah. That's <laughs> one that was on when I was a kid. Oh. I liked it. She played Darby. 
I, I don't know if I ever watched that. It was a good show. Oh, okay. It had Jason Marsden. Oh. Or no, James. Sorry, James Marsden. Not Jason Marsden. Yeah. Those are two different people. Those are two different people. That's why I corrected <laughs> yeah. myself. Yeah. Uh, I remember when I rewatched Party of Five like a couple years ago. I watched the first season and James Marsden is in the first season. And then I think they recast his character and then they recast his character in the next season. But I was like, a young James Marsden. <laughs> so good looking. My next one is Chris Rock. Mm-hmm. He plays the director of the Blunt Man and Chronic film. Mm-hmm. And obviously Chris Rock is from Voices Madagascar. I don't know the zebra's name. I don't know it's the zebra's name time. either. I'm not a child. No. <laughs> He's been in a bunch of movies. Head, head of State, mm-hmm. I remember. Down to Earth. Do you remember that movie? Yeah. It was <laughs> a remake just... of that Warren Beatty movie. Yeah. When you said Head of State. I was like, oh, what's that one? I was like, oh, that's the one where Bernie Mac played the vice president. And then he was on like a news show and they go, what do you think about NATO? And he's like, I don't know NATO. And I don't talk about people I don't know. <laughs> and it was the funniest scene in that movie. Uh, and more recently, he's been in Fargo. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My next one is Mark Hamill, who mm. plays Cockknocker. Yeah who is in the movie that Chris Rock's directing. Yeah. And obviously Mark Hamill was Luke Skywalker. What? Yeah. My next one is Jamie Kennedy. He plays Chris Rock's PA in Jamie Kennedy Scream, Romeo and Juliet. He's in some movie called Roe versus Wade, which is about, I presumably about Roe versus Wade, but the cast is notably a lot of Republican actors and actresses. Like Stacey Dash, oh. John Voight. There's another one. And I was like, is this going to be a very conservative movie? I would assume. That's against abortion. Yeah. If you're getting Stacey Dash, you're really uh, pulling some strings to get some <laughs> actors in your movie. Uh, I mean, you mentioned one of them, but they're at the end of the movie, they're at the studio trying to prevent the film from happening, and they just stumble upon a whole mess of cameos yes so we're just gonna list them okay i'll go with my first one an appearance by matt damon yes Mm -hmm. and the real ben affleck yes it's the same ben affleck that played (laughs) the other character holden but but this one has bleach tips (laughs) uh shannon doherty yep gus van zandt yes directing goodwill hunting 2 yes uh, Wes Craven, mm-hmm. directing presumably a Scream, but they weren't very specific on what it was. But yeah. it definitely was a Scream mask. Mm-hmm. James Vanderbeek, who plays Chronic, or basically Jay. Yeah, for the movie. Mm-hmm. And Jason Biggs, who plays Silent Bob. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't have any other of the, we call them the Miramax cameos, because yeah. they're on the Miramax lot. Um, I did have one last person mm-hmm. which was morris day in the time yeah who play themselves performing jungle time yes at the end of the movie yeah that's about it yeah did you have anyone else no that was it for me okay i i'm sure there's ones we missed yeah I mean, there was the guy that played fred in the scooby-doo reference mm-hmm. and he looked familiar but i didn't even look him up <laughs> <laughs> if he was in more of the movie i probably would have but it was like a two-minute cameo so yeah do you want to take a quick break yeah all right we'll be right back 
and we're back. And the next category is called Kids Would Call It a Throwback. We call it the prime of our teens, where we talk about fashion, dated references, or just references, mm-hmm. and offensive jokes. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, fashion, what did you think? I had a couple issues, but I will say there wasn't a ton. Shannon and Elizabeth wear some very nice low-rise jeans, because yeah. it's 2001. Right. And that's what people wore. Pretty much. Yeah. Even international jewel thieves. <laughs> yes. Uh, I did like her bangs. Oh, they yeah. Were, they were something. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they were real. Probably not. They looked They looked plasticky. <laughs> they looked fake. And that, that was around the time that I, if you went to Claire's, there was like all these random like scrunchies that also had like hair attached to them. You know, so. Oh, I remember when they used to have the little kiosk in the mall where it was like a little clip that was just fake hair yeah. to blend in. But I didn't realize they had scrunchies like that. Yeah, but they were like super cheap. This isn't like a nicer extensions or something mm-hmm. where it's like real hair. It They're like, the, the color scheme didn't even match real human hair. Uh, <laughs> it would go good with a Halloween wig, maybe. Yeah. It probably had that same consistency. Uh, oh, anyway, man. the only note that I really had on the fashion, other than the girls wearing, you know, the the skin tight leather suits to do their jewel heist, which I guess that's appropriate attire, um, was Brent's hair. Brent is the character that Sean William Scott plays. Mm-hmm. And it, it just reminded me of uh, Farquaad's hair in Shrek. <laughs> it's like, it's and he had true. bangs. Yeah. It was such a weird hairstyle <sighs> for a person that's supposed to be a college student in the early 2000s. But he was supposed to be so nerdy. Because yeah. we they put braces on him, Ashley. That's true. <laughs> he liked to play acoustic guitar and he cared about animals. Yeah. So I guess it works. <laughs> Totally works. Did you have anything else? My last one was Steve Kometko wearing a black turtleneck like he was trying to be Steve Jobs mm-hmm, on the mm-hmm. E! News uh, thing. Yeah. It just reminded me of the times. Turtlenecks were popular then. They were. They yeah. come in and out. Yeah, they I've do. never been a fan. I always feel like it, it's choking me. I wore them a little bit when I lived in Ohio, but yeah, I agree. Yeah, for layer's sake. Yeah. Yeah. And I was 10. <laughs> So. I do remember the early 2000s. That's probably the last time I had a turtleneck. Yeah. Or not the home. early 2000s. Early 90s when I was a little kid. Oh. And then I did try to have one when I was a little older. But then I was like, I feel like I'm claustrophobic. I don't like this. It's choking me. Yeah. Which is weird because I went through a phase where I really like scarves. Yeah. It's a similar thing. But I feel like you can adjust it, you know? Yeah. Or just take it off if you feel like you're getting choked. When you that have a turtleneck, too. the option to take it off isn't always there. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I was just laughing because I was like, if you had to, like a tearaway turtleneck, like, like the, a dicky, Like a dicky, yeah. yeah. Like Andy, uh, Randy Quaid wears in Christmas Vacation. Yeah. Where you can just see it through his sweater. <laughs> so let's get on some dated references. Um. Right off the bat, there's a nice Star Wars reference mm-hmm. when it pops on the screen a long time ago in front of a convenience store. Yes, which, obviously which makes sense because the movie is called Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Mm-hmm. 
there is more Star Wars references towards the end of the movie on the set of Blunt Man and Chronic because they have kind of lightsabers that are also bongs. Yeah. And I think, isn't it Chris Rock that makes a joke that says, like, we're going to get sued? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Totally says that. There's a line, I believe it's Brody. Mm -hmm. They're talking to him at the comic book store at the beginning of the movie, and he's telling him, like, hey, this movie's being made of these characters that are based on you. And he's like, (laughs) they're like, I thought Miramax was, like, a place for classy movies. And he's like, after they made She's All That, everything went out the shitter. (laughs) So I was like, nice She's All That reference. Yeah. Also, when he tells him about the movie, when Brody tells him about the movie, he pulls out a magazine, Wizard Magazine, Uh which I looked up got discontinued in 2011. Oh, wow. I used to read it occasionally. And their final cover had Ryan Reynolds as Green Lantern. (laughs) Oh, God. Is that why they went out of the business? That might have been why. But I think they're the ones who put on Wizard Con. Oh, okay. Yeah, Yeah. that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we kind of talked about it a little bit but there is a point where they're hitchhiking and they get picked up by a van and it has all these scooby-doo lookalikes and and the van looked like the mystery machine yeah Yeah. but without actually saying (laughs) because again probably get sued yeah yeah we mentioned when they are running through the sets when jay and silent bob come across james vanderbeek and jason biggs they do a bunch of questions about Dawson's Creek and American Pie. And the highlight was Jason Biggs telling him, go to hell, Pacey. <laughs> yeah. And I think at one point when they're arguing, he's like, you wouldn't make it on the creek. <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't even make it on the creek. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. There was a Planet of the Apes reference. Mm-hmm. A little dream sequence I think Jay's having. Because mm-hmm. he thinks the monkey is a super smart monkey and is going to take over the world. And yeah. Yeah. Later on, when they're running, Jay and Silent Bob and Suzanne, the orangutan, are running from Will Ferrell. They mm-hmm. kind of do the fugitive scene yeah. where they're like going to escape out. Yeah, That's true. Mm-hmm. I missed that one. Because some of their references were really, really obvious because they name dropped them. But then yeah. some of them were a little more subtle. Mm-hmm. In the scene where they think they might be on the set of Blood Man and Chronic, and but it ends up being Goodwill Hunting too. Mm-hmm. Ben and Matt are just talking and waiting for the scene to start, and he's they're just like ripping each other for the shitty movies they've done, like Forces of Nature, Reindeer Games. Yeah, and I also like how they keep calling. Uh, I think it's Jay and Silent Bob keep calling Goodwill Hunting the Mork movie. <laughs> uh. oh. The last one that I had was Jay and Silent Bob are running from Diedrich Bader, the security guard, and they recreate the ending of E.T. when they're on the bike and mm-hmm. Suzanne's in the little basket. Yeah. Yeah. I know at some point I just started writing Scream reference, E.T. reference, <laughs> American Pie, and I did write Go to Hell, Pacey. <laughs> so did I. Mark Hamill, Star Wars reference, oh. Kevin Smith movie references, because <laughs> they... They reference that movie a lot. They reference, at the end of the movie, they reference Chasing Amy, Mallrats. Mm-hmm. So, shall we move on to offensive jokes? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let me just loosen up here, because let me tell you, why am I yelling? I don't know why you're yelling. I think we kind of guessed, at least as far as Jay's character, that there was going to be a lot of either offensive jokes towards women, mm-hmm. slash gay jokes. Mm-hmm. And they did not disappoint in the sense that there was 
millions of them. I did not have any. Totally joking. Uh, I was like, yeah. What? Seriously, <laughs> I I know I've said this before, but are we watching the same movie? <laughs> I I wrote down some, and at some point, it just I couldn't even keep up. Oh yeah. It was excessive. So at the end of the movie, when they're at the premiere or whatever, and I believe it's Banksy that comes out with his presumably boyfriend. Mm -hmm. And he says that was a 90 minute dick joke or 90 minute gay joke. Mm -hmm. That's what he said. That's basically this movie. Yeah. I think that perfectly summed up the movie, though. It was 90 minutes of just gay and dick jokes. Dick sucking jokes. Yeah. Specifically. Yeah. Like every other line. (laughs) Yes. I don't feel like I need to go into any examples of them. A lot of them are very, like we've said before, low-hanging fruit. Yes. Just even saying, you're gay, that's gay, mm-hmm. this is all gay, you want to suck his knob, dick, dick. He, he loves the cock. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, an abundance. Yeah. Also, tons of uses of the R word. Yeah. Again, I got to the point I just started keeping tally marks. It's hard to ignore in this movie. I mean, we've obviously addressed it a lot in other comedies that have come out around this time. Mm-hmm. They they do make homophobic jokes. They do make jokes against women. But usually there's a large space in between, you know? Yeah. And in this movie, it's either like meta references or gay jokes. Yeah. And I read just real briefly that Glad took a huge issue with this movie, and also it was originally given an NC-17 rating, and right. it took them three go-throughs with whoever rates the movies just to get it down to an R-rated movie. Wow. Yeah. I did think it was funny. I noticed when the movie started, it said rated R for mild violence in sexual situations, and I was thinking, like, they're going to be talking about a lot of dick sucking in this, mm-hmm. so... I guess that's just covered under sexual situations. Sexual situations. I almost feel like they need to change. And I'm like, this might be somebody's listening to this being like, no, that sounds horrible. But like change the rating system to uh, note when things are like really offensive towards a certain group of people. I would be okay with that. Now I think people wouldn't be like, yeah, this movie was super homophobic when it was okay to be homophobic. And I don't think anybody that would watch this movie going like, this is going to be enlightened comedy. Yeah. You know, but. Yeah. We'll talk about it some more later. Okay. I'm sure. I wrote down a couple of offensive jokes, but not like anything that we need to discuss. Same. I had some examples, but I, I almost feel it's wrong to read them. Right. So I'm just going to say they're in there. Trust a lot. me. Yeah. <laughs> you won't miss them. No. No. Uh, the one thing I will say I was surprised of is there's not that many jokes against women obviously jay was the driving force with the sexual harassment you know Mm -hmm. portion of the movie obviously silent bob doesn't say anything to people so no he's just automatically disqualified from that but uh so i was i guess pleasantly surprised about that that there wasn't as many jokes against women yeah i think it's probably because he has limited interactions with women that's true other than the women Jewel Thieves. Yes. Gang thing. Crime syndicate. (laughs) Crime syndicate. Yeah. Shall we move on to technology? Yes. 
we're going to go ahead and get our clear iMac turned on and have Ben Affleck explain to us how to use the internet and discuss some technology. I love that. Yeah. It's funny to me because he says a line that the internet has given America voices and all they want to do is talk about movies. And I was like, I feel attacked. <laughs> That's me. Yeah. And also the fact that there was trolls. Yeah. Even in the very early days of everybody having internet. It's so true. The minute we were able to do it, we did it. We're like three years away from social media, basically, and Facebook, but they had chat rooms. Yeah, they had chat rooms. discussion boards. Message boards, yeah. Yeah. What pieces did you notice? I did, like, at one point, I can't remember where they're in Missouri or something, and they find a movies, Mm -hmm. and there is a Mac computer that has internet access. And I was like, that's fancy. Just on display. (laughs) Yeah, just for anybody to use. I want to say McDonald's had computers like in their play area at one point in the early that 2000s right did they have like full internet access though they might have huh I, I do remember when the internet started becoming more what's the word prevalent yeah with just regular people mm-hmm. and it was like a big deal yeah you know there was internet cafes yes. for people that didn't have a computer they could go and like rent a computer times Sp- time yeah. Yeah. yeah oh i did want to mention when Ben Affleck was teaching them about the internet, there was a stack of CDRs uh, on his computer desk. Burning some mixes? Yep. That's funny. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much all I had because once they got on the road, there wasn't a lot of technology that I saw. No. Uh-uh. Other than the jewel thieves had this I laser guess- radar that was in the shape of a birth control yeah Yeah. so i guess you know men won't touch it because it's like girls have to take these pills to control their periods and stuff and they also right before they go to try and steal the diamond they make jay record a message about the clitoris which the clit is a it's short for the coalition for the liberation of internal tree dwellers or clit yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of jokes about the clit. Mm-hmm. And it's, the, yeah. Yeah. It goes back to your statement earlier about low-hanging fruit. I think stuff like that, to me, that humor, it's like Awesome Powers, mm-hmm. where it's, they're talking about one thing, but they're obviously talking about something else. And it's not offensive. Uh-uh. It's not like picking on anybody. It's just jokes about the clitoris. So. And it's the... We're talking about this, but your dirty head is going towards this. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I did want to point out that we did own this on DVD, but (laughs) a couple years ago, we decided to condense all of our DVDs into a case, like a zip up case Mm -hmm. to save room because our one room had so many DVDs and it was just taking up all the shelf space. And now it's literally on one shelf. Yes. Apparently, we threw out the movie version, and we kept the bonus features. We just had the bonus features. So Uh, we had to watch this on HBO Max. Yeah. Typical Ryan and Ashley. (laughs) At least we owned it. Yeah. At one point. We did. And I, like I pointed out to you, the disc did not say disc one or disc two or bonus features. It just had the logo of the movie, so. Yeah. Whose fault is it? Kevin Smith. Yeah. 
He probably didn't design the disc. I would assume he did not. He probably approved it, though. Maybe. It's possible. Somebody did. Maybe they put the wrong sticker on disc one and disc two. Maybe. So maybe the other one did say, like, bonus material, but it was just they had put them on the wrong one. That's possible. Let's blame them, not us. Not me. I've never made a mistake. Song? I didn't write one down. You did not? I didn't. I put Jungle Love by Morris Day in the Time because when I think of this movie, that's the song I think of. Yeah. Well, what was that song that was in the credits? Because I Got High. Yeah. By Afro Man? That was a super popular song for a minute. Yeah. I had it on a couple mixes. Mm-hmm. You are correct. Thank you. Afro Man. Who are you pointing to? The crowd? The crowd. He's waving. Thanking the crowd. Oh, Ryan. Do you want to move on where we talk about the plot? Yes. The next category is called Is It Even Good? Where we talk about the plot, plot holes, and we talk about our funniest and cringiest parts of this film. So the plot, we kind of touched on it. Jay and Silent Bob head to L.A. to stop a movie that's based loosely on them from being made Mm -hmm. because they're not getting any sort of kickback for it yeah um and then there's a b plot where they hitch ride with a group of international jewel thieves who are pretending to be students against animal cruelty Mm -hmm. they trick them into stealing a monkey so they can be a diversion so they can steal a bunch of jewels yes that's a great description of the plot yeah thank you and then they also have the monkey who gets picked up by critters of hollywood so they decide they still need to go to hollywood to save the monkey yes yeah while also completing the first plot (laughs) their original plot yeah yeah so let's talk about some plot holes Mm -hmm. my first one is we mentioned earlier that jay records this rant about what he knows about the clit on a camera right and they have this recording they play it on the news Mm -hmm. but somehow when they leave the diner with the monkey, mm-hmm. Will Ferrell does not recognize them, yes. even though they're wearing the same exact clothing. <laughs> and even later on, E! News is talking about them and says, we don't know what they look like. But you have camera footage of them. Camera footage that has aired on the national news. <laughs> and also, I don't know if anybody in Hollywood know this, but it's based on them. The yeah. comic, they actually say that in the news, e-news uh, story. story. And the comic book characters look exactly like them. Yeah. So even if you didn't have the video, Just... you have a likeness of them. <laughs> yes. Mine was the fact that Will Ferrell's character was even following Jay and Silent Bob because he's a wildlife marshal. And all those animals that are in... The medical lab are owned by the medical lab, so they're not wildlife per se. They're just the medical lab's property. As much as I think that's horrible, like I I don't think there should be animal testing on things, but they are property of the medical lab. So why is a wildlife marshal, a government agency, following this person? It'd make more sense if it was like the FBI or somebody that's investigating the crime. Maybe if it has something to do with an animal, they would have a marshal but even all the different agencies are like why are you here yeah you know? yeah the fbi says it to him the utah state police says, yeah. yeah i'll be honest that was the main one that i had was just the 
saying they don't know who they are, but they do know who they are. That's true. Yeah. And he quickly realizes, like, oh, shit, that was them. (laughs) The only other one I really had was the security at Miramax is really not that great towards the end of the movie because the jewel thieves are able to get on the lot and Will Ferrell's character with guns. Yeah. Pre-9-11. We lived in a different world. I didn't even catch those, and that's so true. And maybe it's because the security guard was, and a bunch of the security guards were being distracted looking for Jay and Silent Bob. Mm -hmm. But yeah, they just easily got on the lot. Yeah, you would think the guy working the gate wouldn't leave his post. Right. Yeah. You would think. You would think. What was your funniest line or moment? My funniest moment was when Silent Bob finally talks and he screams at Jay the sign on the back of the truck said Critter, Critters of Hollywood, you dumb fuck. Because he was like, where is he going? How do you know that they're going to Hollywood? And Silent Bob finally just loses it. Which is something that happens in a lot of the movies. Yeah. He just He's quiet until he can't be quiet anymore. Yeah. yeah. I liked when Jay and Silent Bob are now in L.A. and they're walking down the street and they meet Pumpkin, mm-hmm. who is Tracy Morgan's character. And they have like drug dealer association cards and yeah. they're like, oh shit. And they're like, you getting insurance back there? Oh yeah, we're getting medical, dude. And it's like, awesome. It's like, we're going to have to do something when we get back. <laughs> what about your cringiest liner moment? So we mentioned earlier the international jewel thieves trying to steal the diamond. But before they go in to steal the diamond, when they emerge from their van, they all have skin tight leather cat suits on right which then they a turn it into a maxim magazine photo shoot where they're bending over in front of the camera yeah for no reason (laughs) and when they get inside to steal the diamond it's like a scene from entrapment with right catherine zeta jones where there's all the different lasers and they're doing cartwheels and flips to get past them but they do it excessively like they show each one of them doing these yeah only to pass gas and set off the alarm. Yeah, that one was mine too. Oh, God. It was Allie Larder's character that passes the gas. Sissy, I believe is her name. Mm-hmm. And her flips, like she did a bunch of like running on the wall. Yeah. Which looked really bad, but I was like, parkour. <laughs> it was just unnecessary. Yeah. Because yeah. women apparently can't fart. No. Did you know that? I learned that from this movie. But there was foreshadowing earlier when Jay told them you shouldn't eat fast food. It makes you fart. Yeah. But then they said women don't fart. <laughs> they don't. Yeah. That was mine. And then also just like all of the homophobic jokes. Yeah. All of them. All 10,000 of them. I was going to say 150 homophobic jokes <laughs> at least. Did you have any random thoughts that we haven't addressed yet? I wanted to point out that the only non homophobic character in this movie i believe was james vanderbeek i agree yeah the only voice of reason yeah he was a a delightful change from everyone else in this movie yeah it was uh when they meet james vanderbeek and jason biggs they're dressed as jay and silent bob and jay and silent bob are trying to figure out a way to get past them so they can get on the set and stop the movie or Mm. i think their their whole plan is to actually beat them up so then they can't in the movie Mm -hmm. 
So they do like a side. Like they huddle up. They huddle up with Suzanne the monkey. Mm -hmm. And they're talking and Jason Biggs is just like, what's with that gay huddle over there? And James is like, how is it gay? (laughs) They're just standing right next to each other huddled up. How how is that gay? Why are you such a homophobe? And I was like, literally the whole movie. Yes. I was like, okay. But honestly, I think that was like 2001's answer to being like we can make all these homophobic jokes but we make one like one person be the voice of reason then everything else is fine and we were nice enough to pick not even a main character in the movie literally just a cameo by a celebrity but he is dawson he is dawson go to hell pacey (laughs) that was pretty much all i had i mean there was a point again just chalk it up to another this is written by a man so of course the women characters are always in their underwear when they're celebrating their successful heist. You know, Mm -hmm. as you do when you're with your gang of jewel thieves, you hang out in your underwear to celebrate. My note was sissy, Chrissy, Missy, and Justice running around in their underwear like you do. (laughs) (laughs) So I just thought it's funny you use those exact words. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to move on to our final thoughts? Let's take a quick break and then we'll do that. Yeah, sounds good. Okay, and we're back. As always on Ruining Our Childhood, it is award season. We give out two awards every week, the first of which is a valedictorian to the Nicolas Cage Online School of Bad Acting. Whom did you give your award to? There was a lot to choose from. Yes, there was. But I ended up giving it to Shanna Elizabeth. Did you too? Same. As Justice. I would say more in the beginning when she's first introduced. There was, uh, she was talking to Jay in the van and he was saying things to her and she'd be like, oh, like yeah. really, it was either she was underacting and was monotone or she was overacting. There was no medium. My exact comment was, when Jay's having a daydream about her, that he's making out with her, mm-hmm. she just walks over and he he's aroused. Right. So Silent Bob covers him with a cup. Right. And she just walks over and says, with this tone, oh my God, do you get free refills on that? <laughs> so fucking monotone. Yeah. <laughs> There's just so many parts where I was like, she's either phoning it in or she's trying too hard. Mm-hmm. And... At the end of the movie, she's like, I'm an international jewel thief. Yeah. <laughs> they stop at a convenience store mm-hmm. and Allie Larder walks by and slaps her on the back of the head, but lightly slaps her. And she screams out like she got decked. Yes. I'm like, well, that was an interesting choice. <laughs> like, did, did you just get shot? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, ah. Uh, and then her dancing at the end of the movie mm. was, I mean, I mean, she was in handcuffs, so yeah. maybe that had to do with it, but she's just like jumping around. When she was leaving the movie theater and she's in handcuffs, she's doing this weird bouncy thing. And like, she's almost trying to seduce Will Ferrell's character. It yeah, was weird. It was totally weird. Yeah. I realized I didn't pick <laughs> You didn't pick a Thomas J. Hanks? Uh, hold on. Okay. Okay, I know who I'm going to pick. Okay. The next award is the Thomas J. Hanks Award for Exceptional Acting. Whom did you give your award to? 
I gave mine to Ben Affleck. He's in a very small part of this movie, but I just love when the security goes on to set and goes, we have a 1057 on our hands. (laughs) And he just is like, bullshit, because I wasn't with the hooker today. Ha! Like a couple minutes before they hear the security guard, or they're with Diedrich Bader, the security Mm -hmm. guard, and he's like, we got the 1057, and the person on the radio is like, there's a dead hooker in Ben Affleck's trailer? And he was like, no, there's two guys loose on the lot or whatever. But yeah, I just like when Ben Affleck did that. Yeah, that was was pretty funny. Mm -hmm. I I do like that they had this like reoccurring, like make fun of yourself type thing. Like Ben Affleck playing, uh, what was his first character's name? Holden. Holden. He, you know, talks about Ben Affleck a little bit as if he's not Ben Affleck. So that's Mm kind of funny. I end up giving mine to Silent Bob because I enjoy his faces. Yeah. He makes good faces. He does. And they even have this scene where, like, Jay is trying to decide if he should whip out his dick because Justice is not calling him a loser, Mm -hmm. basically. I mean, she's not being mean to him. She's being somewhat nice, so then he thinks he wants her, or Mm -hmm. she wants him, and... He has two devils on his shoulder, but then the angel comes and he's like, maybe I should just ask Silent Bob what I should do. And he's just like, no, you know, he's actually his angel on his shoulder. Yeah. You know, that's a good choice, though. I agree with you on giving it to him because he does have to act just with mannerisms and facial expressions. And they break the fourth wall a lot in this movie. Uh, Various characters do, but he's always the one that does it like the most convincingly, Mm -hmm. I would say. Yeah. It's a good choice. Yeah. So, shall we move on to decide, does this film hold up for you, and what do you think? We mentioned all of the homophobic jokes, and it becomes incredibly repetitive and excessive and obnoxious. Yeah. And so I don't think it held up at all. I thought it was really hard to watch at one point. Mm -hmm. Uh, We had paused it about halfway through, so I could go use the banyo. And you even commented, oh, my God, I thought this was almost over. And it was only halfway over. Yeah. I found myself at one point also going, I didn't laugh for a very long time when I was watching this. There was very few enjoyable parts. So I don't think it held up at all. I agree that it didn't hold up. I think there was definitely parts where I chuckled. And a lot of it had to do with the references or the... Ben Affleck and Matt Damon making fun of themselves mm-hmm. and a lot of the the last part of the movie was actually really funny. Yeah. But the stuff on the studio lot was pretty funny. Yeah, but it, I don't feel like it was enough for me to say that this movie holds up. Mm-hmm. I think it's still watchable in the sense that I like all the people that are in this movie and I think it does definitely have fan service for anybody that is a huge Kevin Smith fan. But I mean, I agree with you. I didn't laugh continuously i just like the times where i thought something was funny i was like huh that was the most of my laugh it wasn't me like falling on the floor laughing no you know yeah so that was kind of a disappointment agreed i think it perfectly sums up a movie that you would this was what i would expect of a comedy from the early 2000s yeah it's cringy it's homophobic and it's inappropriate And also you realize it's very thin on the laughs at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think if we were to rate it on our scale that Mm -hmm. we're still 
perfecting mm-hmm. uh, between a league of their own and biodome i'd put it halfway point i would put it a lot closer to biodome than okay. i would put the halfway point I, I think the cameos and the references are what keeps me from putting it that low and that's it because that's i'm gullible i'm you put a celebrity making fun of themselves then you got me yeah I, that was where the most enjoyable parts yeah yeah I kind of was at one point thinking last week I said, I hope people vote for this over in the army now. And then at one point when we were watching it, I said, maybe in the army now was better. Maybe. (laughs) It's been a long time. Yeah. Foreshadowing. Yes. (laughs) Uh, It's not going to be better. I don't know. I don't think it will be. So shall we tell them what next week's poll is? Yes. We have the 2009 classic. 2012 (laughs) (laughs) versus Jack, the 1996 classic Classic. with Robin Williams. Yes. And that's our last final four. Yep. And then it's going to be head to head. It's either going to be in the army now versus 2012 or in the army now versus Jack. Yeah. All right. So check out the polls on Twitter at ROC Movie Podcast on thursdays and i promise i'll put it up this thursday Mm -hmm. maybe and over on instagram on friday at ruining our childhood (laughs) did you forget what our instagram handle i had to think about it for a second thanks for listening guys we hope you enjoyed it and we'll uh be back next week okay okay Bye. bye